You are listening to The Magnetic Podcast with Milana Saranak, corporate lawyer turned six-figure online entrepreneur. Here, we talk all things soulful sales, launch strategies, mindset hacks, and behind-the-scenes secrets of building a magnetic online business that unlocks a life of freedom you don't need an escape from. Welcome to the show. So today I've got a super special episode for you because you are going to get to listen in to a live Q&A coaching session that I did inside my Facebook group. And I do these lives every two weeks, usually about twice a month, where I ask everyone in my group to submit a question and then I go live and I answer these questions and I give free coaching. So some of the questions that got asked in this live and that you'll hear me answer in this episode are things like how do I attract clients for my done for you service? How do you deal with a flopped launch? How do you deal with procrastination in business? How to create urgency around an evergreen product? How to deal with fear when starting something new, like launching a new product? how to deal with things when personal life impacts your ability to run your business and so much more. I'm super, super excited for you to listen into this. And if you want to join in on these lives, if you want to have your question answered, then you can go into the show notes and join our Facebook group and submit your question for the next live where you can get your very own question answered and get some coaching from me. So I hope you love this episode and get lots of value from listening in to my answers to these questions. Let me start off with the questions that you guys have here. And we've got topics about attracting clients. We have topics about dealing with the fear of starting new. We're going to talk about mental resistance to keeping up with the routine and procrastination and even creating urgency on evergreen products. So some really cool things to chat about. So the first question I'll answer is from Estrella. And she says, how to attract clients for a done-for-you service? I'm offering bookkeeping to online coaches. So bookkeeping to online coaches, love that niche. I think that's really cool and super, super valuable. So attracting clients for a done-for-you service, same as for any service, including coaching. So in terms of how to really start attracting clients, I would say think of the key things, the content pillars that someone wants to view when it comes to bookkeeping. So what education are they looking around bookkeeping? And think about also the beliefs that they need to shift in order to hire someone to do their bookkeeping. That would be the really important one. So if you are doing bookkeeping and you want to persuade someone and sell them into hiring you to be their bookkeeper, what do they need to believe in order to outsource this? So maybe one of them is they need to believe that you're going to do 
do a better job than they will. Maybe they need to believe that right now bookkeeping is taking up a lot of their valuable time and that when they stop, it's going to save them time and make them more money in the long run because they are going to be able to spend that time on other needle moving activities in their business and not bookkeeping, which isn't an income revenue generating activity. So really thinking about the beliefs that someone needs to shift in order to hire you. And the other beliefs would be that it's better to have a professional bookkeeper do your books than you, because maybe when you're doing your books, you're making mistakes, which could put you in some trouble with the law or When you're doing your books, you're making mistakes that maybe are costing you money. One of the arguments that I've been using to persuade someone is saying, ultimately, it costs you less to hire me because even though you're paying me, I'm saving you money in the long run because when I'm doing your books, I can pick up on things. I can give you suggestions on how you can save on certain things and so forth. So those would be my suggestions for that. Cool. So other questions that we had. One question here is from Rashika. She says, how do you deal with fear when you are starting something new, like launching a new product? So that's a really cool question because that is something I think every single person experiences, fear of starting something new. It's so normal, right? It's super normal to have that fear. If you don't really have any fear when you're starting something new, then one, either you're really superhuman or two, you are maybe not going all in. Dealing with the fear is recognizing that fear is always going to be there and that it's a normal part of the process. And two, not attaching meaning to the stories fear spins. So what I mean by this is that fear will tell you stories like, oh, if you launch this and no one buys it, that means that, you know, in a blank line, you're going to have, that means that you suck. That means that you're not good enough. That means that no one will ever buy from you. And we start to generalize and extrapolate and really go crazy with these mental stories. So a really good way to deal with that fear is to recognize the stories and rewrite them. So every time you hear that story around, if no one buys from you, when you launch this, it means that you are, never going to sell, you recognize a story and you go, well, is that true? No, because you didn't sell something once. Does that mean I will never sell it? Also not true because it hasn't happened yet. It's a future event. So I would tell myself the story I want to hear and I would rewrite those limiting beliefs and limiting stories into positive, empowering ones to get over the fear. And that's exactly what I did when I was launching to this very day. So next question is from Karen. Karen asks, how do you deal with mental resistance and keeping up with a routine? So this is one of my favorite things to talk about, routines and getting things done in business and just sticking with routines. So for me, one of my favorite sayings is discipline equals freedom. And for me, having a routine is discipline. And when I'm disciplined with my routines, I am feeling way more free because I know what's happening when and I get those things done and my mental clarity is seriously improved because I'm not constantly thinking about the things that need to get done. I'm not constantly worried about the next thing. I know what's happening when and I'm doing it one by one. 
Now, there is mental resistance that comes along with routines because we don't like change. So if you're trying to implement a new routine, you're usually trying to change something that you are not doing right now. So say that one of the routines that you want to implement is working out and you're not working out right now. You are doing something new and the brain and the mind is feeling uncomfortable because it's new. So it's going to create some resistance and the resistance is designed to stop you from implementing the new routine. So recognizing that resistance will come up and overcoming resistance, a really, really, really cool book that talks about how to implement routines and how to decrease resistance is called Atomic Habits. And one of the tips that I can share with you from that book is to adopt the identity of the person who has that routine and that habit. So if one of your habits that you want to improve is exercising, adopt the identity of someone that exercises regularly. And that is where people go wrong usually the most is that we just try and change our thinking and trying to change your thinking without changing your identity is a shortcut to failure. And I love that that book covers that. I love that it talks about that because a lot of books and a lot of people that talk about habits and routines don't really go into the subconscious and the subconscious is controlling 95% of our life. So if you're not altering the subconscious, if you are not doing the work to do the subconscious reprogramming, you are not really going to see lasting changes. And you might see some changes in the short term, right? Maybe you decide that you're going to exercise and for a whole week you're at the gym and you're exercising and you're running and then something happens, like a friend invites you out somewhere or your favorite TV show is on or it's a bad weather, it's raining and you come up with all the reasons why you can't go and exercise because we never changed on an identity level. So the change was only temporary. It wasn't ever going to be permanent. If you're listening going, wow, I love this, let me know and maybe I will talk more about it. Next question is Shagun. Shagun says, how do you deal with procrastination that covers you for so long, even if you know that you need to take action? Love it. Procrastination is really on the similar topic. Procrastination is fear in disguise. Procrastination is us avoiding doing something that we know we should do, that we need to do in order to achieve a certain result. It's an indication that there is a subconscious block that you need to work through in order to overcome the barrier that you have to achieve that result. And it can be an indication that you are mentally not prepared for that result. So for example, say that you want to sign three clients and you're procrastinating on doing things to sign three clients. It could be an indication that you have not yet shifted your mindset to believe that you can sign three clients and to even be capable of handling three clients maybe. So if you did get three clients, what would happen? Do you have the systems in place ready to go to have those three clients? Why is it that you are procrastinating on this issue if you know it's going to get you the result? Well, it's only a couple of reasons. And one of them is that you're not ready for the result. You don't believe you can get the result. 
and you don't want to fail. So you procrastinate on doing the things because then you can talk yourself out of it and you can say, well, I didn't get the result because I didn't do all the things that I was meant to do. I didn't sign the clients because I didn't show up live. I didn't DM anyone. I didn't do any posts. And that's why I didn't sign the clients. It's like a way for us to cushion our failure and for us to have a reason, an excuse of why we failed because it's just too painful for the brain and the mind to accept that sometimes we failed despite our best efforts, despite doing everything that we still fail. And so getting comfortable with failure and going, you know, even if I give it my all, I still accept that I will fail. And it really requires you to take immediate action without thinking and to keep rolling with that action, no matter how small, because in order to do anything, change anything, it requires one small step. So taking one small action and rolling with it is really, really, really necessary versus thinking about all the things that you can do and what actions you should take and mulling over for days on end. Even if it's going to be the wrong action, doesn't matter. As long as you're doing something, you are moving. And when you're moving, you build momentum and momentum keeps pushing you forward. So the best way to beat a procrastination cycle is to do things and to not worry about the right things, to get your head out of thinking about, is this the right thing to do? Is there something better to do? And doing this mental game where you're weighing up 50 different options, just pick anything, even if it is not a needle moving activity, doesn't matter. Pick one thing and roll with it. Okay. So next question is from Laura. Laura says, how would you create urgency around an evergreen product? So For evergreen, to create urgency, you have to think about two things. One of them is that the urgency is real because if something is on evergreen, it means that there's rolling enrollment. You can enroll at any time. So the urgency needs to be real, but it also needs to be urgent. So how do you create real urgency? One of the things that you can do to create urgency is to have flash bonus offers. So maybe once a month, you have a bonus and it's only for three days and you rotate different bonuses so that people don't expect the bonus and just kind of wait around for it. Another way could be to limit the amount of people that you take per offer. So if you're doing one-on-one, you will say things like, I'm only taking on three clients this month. Or if you have a program, maybe you only take on 10 people a month. So there are so many different ways that you can create that urgency. And those would be my two favorites. So last question from Dipti. How to keep focus on your business when there are certain things happening in your personal life which might be bothering you at the back of your mind? A lot of the times I get these questions from clients, sometimes from just you guys in the audience, and maybe you're expecting me to say things like, just go hard at it and you know, don't worry about it, focus on your business. And that's not the answer that I will ever give and that I really believe in. I think that personal life and business are so intermeshed. I think that they're so related uh, that you can't really separate the two because the businesses that we run are personal businesses. They're the businesses that we have built. So even though the business is not you, The business is something that you have created and that you have a strong connection to. 
And I think it's like with any job, depending on what the personal things are, you need to either A, give yourself a break, a mental break. Your business will always be there. Mental health always should come first. The business will always be there when you're ready for it. And B, you just have to make sure that it's not an excuse. So there's a difference between really truly needing a mental health break for personal reasons because personal circumstances are happening where you have to disconnect and deal with that. And when you make up excuses like, oh, things are happening in my personal life and now I need to stop my business once again and I can't do things in my business, when those things might not really be that impactful, right? And that's on every person to make a call for themselves, what that means for them. I can't tell you what's impactful and what's not impactful and what's important and what's not important for you. Maybe something that I think is a minor thing might be a big thing for you and maybe something that I I think is a big thing would be a minor thing for you. So you have to get honest with yourself on asking, is this an excuse or is this a real reason? I'll give you an example of something that I used as an excuse or that I nearly used as an excuse that wasn't actually something that was going to prevent me. When my son was born, I kept making the excuse that, oh, I can't work on my business because I have a newborn. I have a baby. That was not true for me at the time. My son has slept a lot. He was such a good sleeper and he would sleep for about three hour blocks and then a big chunk at nighttime. So it wasn't a real excuse and a real reason for me to say I don't have time to work in my business because I had plenty of time when he was asleep. At that point, it was an excuse. I was just using that as an excuse because it started off as a real reason. So when he was a newborn, that was a legitimate reason. I didn't want to be working in my business. I just wanted to soak in his newbornness and just be with him 24-7. And that was a beautiful period. But then as he started getting older and I had a lot of time, I found myself watching shows and scrolling through my Instagram and doing really nothing in the times that he was napping when I could have been working on my business. And that was an excuse. So I would ask yourself, is it a real reason or is it an excuse? If it is a real reason, give yourself grace. Take time off from business. You don't need to focus on business. You won't be able to function in the business as well as you would if you didn't have these things going on. So by forcing it, you're probably just creating a more disconnect and a really bad energy. And I think it's always more beneficial to disconnect and to take the time out and then come back fresh with a good energy versus trying to force it. So one more question. We've got a question from Joyce. Joyce says, how do you recover from a flopped launch? Awesome question. So flopped launch, it depends what we mean when we say flopped launch. I want to say that first. Flopped launch could mean zero sales. It could mean I didn't hit my target. It could mean I actually pulled the plug on the launch before it even finished. There are so many different ways to really talk about what it means to have a flopped launch, but let's define it as a launch that didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And I recently had one of those launches because of personal circumstances actually happening in my own life where I pulled the plug on a launch early and I could have looked at it as a flopped launch. I could have gone, oh my gosh, that launch didn't go the way I wanted and this didn't happen and that didn't happen. 
when in fact it was fine. That was the launch that needed to happen for me at the time for me to learn the lessons and to have the space to do the things that I needed to do at the time. So every time I've had a launch that didn't go well, that's when I looked and was really able to receive the lesson that I was being taught by the universe at that time. I recover from it by extracting the lesson. And one of the lessons was getting really comfortable with what I termed failure. Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to fail a lot. Things won't go well. There will be times when no one's buying from you and there's going to be things going wrong, all kinds of things. And getting comfortable with that will be the best thing that you can do for yourself and your business moving forward. So one of the lessons that I had to learn early on, and I'm glad that I was given that lesson, was getting comfortable with failure. And so in business in general, something that I've learned from John C. Maxwell from his book called No Limits. And one of the things he talks about is not staying too long in phases of your business where you are feeling really high or feeling really low. So never staying too long in the highs and the lows. So if something's going really well, you've just had a massive, great, big win in your business, not to linger too much on that high. You know, take the time to celebrate it, of course, but then move on because there will be a low. And when that low happens, you also don't want to be too much in the low. You want to recognize the failure and you want to extract the lesson and then move on. Because if you linger too much in either of those two extremes, you are really giving over to your emotions. And we're never good entrepreneurs and business people when we give over to our emotions. Because good leaders don't lead purely by emotions. And we want to be stable. So being stable means staying in that middle ground as much as possible, experiencing the high and then giving yourself a limited amount of time to stay in the high, maybe 48 hours, and then getting back to the middle and then experiencing the low and then giving yourself time to stay in the low and then going back to the middle. And the more you can stay in that middle, in that really disconnected middle where you are not attached emotionally to the result is when you are performing best in your business. So, I hope that is a good way of you understanding how I think about this and the way I deal with these certain things. Okay, nothing else that I can see from you guys. So thank you for jumping on this live with me for everyone that jumped on. Thank you for the questions. I've loved answering them. It's been super fun. And this live will happen again soon. So if you want to submit a question, you are more than welcome to. I am going to go and take a bit of a break now. I've got a lunch date planned with a friend. I'm going to go pick up a coffee after that, probably take a walk at the beach and then head home and do a couple of hours of deep work before I go pick up my son and do all the mum things after that, cook dinner and getting ready for bed and then hang out with my husband. So that is kind of what the rest of my day is looking like. I hope you've got a beautiful day planned on your end and I will speak to you very soon in the next episode. Thank you so much for being here. 
Just real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, I would so appreciate it if you took a moment to just take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram story at Milana Sarnak. It really helps to get the message out there and it would mean the world to me. And until next time, remember, the biggest risk is living a safe life. It is time to play big. Your moment is now.